Welcome to Penny Talks, brought to you thanks to Seed Golf, who deliver you affordable to a performance. Same performance, half the price. Check them out at www.seedgolf.com and try them today. Thank you for pressing play. On today's show, we are previewing the Open Championship being held at Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland. But first, as Gabe Byrne used to say, roll it there, Roisin. Listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Brawley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Brawley, what do you get at? Sonal Donovan is the left cornerback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. What a finish. Here it comes. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to Paddy Talks. In today's show, I'm joined by fellow golf fanatic Ryan Gallen as we do a preview to the Open Championship this week, being held up north in Northern Iron in Royal Port Rush. We'll cover a bit of the history of Royal Port Rush itself, the road to the Open, some fun facts, and also our top picks as to whom shall be walking home with the Claret Jug this coming Sunday. Ryan, how are things? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Pretty excited. It's Open Championship week, you know, last major of the year. Never done a podcast before as well, so you know, it's an exciting week in general for Ryan. How weird is it that the Open Championship is the last major of the year? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's strange. Obviously, with the you know reshuffle of the tour events this year, you know, to accommodate a lot of other things, especially even knowing that the FedEx is going to be coming forward. And all it's quite strange. It's exciting, you know, British Open. I think for me personally, anyway, being Irish, and I think for most of the listeners here, you know, it's it's our bread and butter. It's our big major of the year. Strange to think there's going to be nothing after this, but I mean, there's so much more excitement happening in the golf world this year. So yeah, no, just excited for it to be here. No, definitely. So have you been to an Open Championship before? So I have been, fun fact, to one before. It was in 2014. Uh, it was actually Hoylake, the Royal Liverpool. So I got to see Rory McIlroy have his maiden victory. Obviously, there was so much history behind Hoylake. You know, it was the scene of Tiger Woods' last victory as well. And I was at that one in 06, I think. Oh, hey, there yeah. we are. Talk about a fun fact. But uh, no, so really excited to come back. You know, the fact that it's in Ireland as well. You know, what, it's been 70 years since we've had one hosted in Ireland. So really excited. I know tickets are hard to come by now. But uh, no, can't wait. Port Rush, have you played there? I haven't played there. No, never been up to it. The closest I've been is Royal County Down. Yeah, so like there are two of the courses. You know, the troubles between the 60s and the mid 90s wasn't really a place for tourists. But um, those two courses, Royal County Down and Royal Port Rush, they're in the top 20 of the world since forever, you know. So we'll delve into a bit of history. Uh, Port Rush held the Open back in 1951, which was then the 80th Open Championship, and that was won by an Englishman on a 300 power total of 285 strokes, winning a massive sum of £300 at the time. So why hasn't the Open been back there since? Well, the RNA staged the 1960 Amateur Championship at Port Rush, but that event then didn't come back either until 1993. Frankly, it's due to the political landscape and the religious fuel conflict, commonly known as the Troubles, was here in Ireland between the, the English and our good selves, which lasted the better part of 30 years into the late 1990s. It was just too dangerous to drive around Northern Ireland, let alone host a tournament, attracting thousands and thousands of people. To give our younger listeners, like Ryan, or those who haven't heard of the Troubles um, some context, more than 3,500 people were killed in the conflict, of whom 52% were, were civilians, 32% were members of the British security forces and 16% were members of those dodgy paramilitary groups. The troubles are deemed to have ended with the Good Friday Agreement back of 1998. So that's all of what, 21 years ago now. A big turning point for Royal Port Rush in all of this. Granted, the troubles were finished in 1998, but Port Rush was awarded the Irish Open in 2012. 
which had not been played in Northern Ireland since 1947. After just a year's notice, Ryan Portrose put on the tournament and it was came off perfectly. Record crowds so large they had to stop selling tickets a week before the event. It all couldn't have happened, of course, without the 35-year veteran of uh, Royal Portrose, the secretary and club manager, William Erskine. And it was announced that Royal Portrose would host this year's event five years ago, and that's the, the five-year journey William has been on with the RNA and the European Tour, setting aside the infrastructure plans, operational and logistical plans in place. And by all signs of it, it's set out to be one of the biggest and best open championships of all time. And actually, interesting fact on that, Paddy, that you said, the 2012 Irish Open. One of my hopefully fancies for this week, I've backed the man a few times now, but he always seems to come up short. But Rafa Cabrera Bell, he actually finished tied second that year in 2012. So, you know, he does have a bit of course form, as you might say, and, you know, played quite well um, at the Irish Open there. So, really hoping he can maybe come to the fore this week. I watched him around Lehinch, and on the final round on the Sunday, he was six under par through 11 holes. So, when he's hot, he's definitely hot. Now, he didn't finish too well but definitely likes the look of Ling's course. I see, and by God, he's a good-looking man as well. <laughs> so, fun facts. Club was formed in May 1888. It was called the County Club back then, just nine-hole course. A year later, it was extended to 18 holes in 1889. In 1895, upon the arrival of the Prince of Wales, King Edward VII, uh, it was renamed the Royal Port Royce Golf Club. Harry Colt designed the now Dunluce Links in 1929. And over time, it has been the scene of over 50 national championships over the UK and Ireland that have been decided at Portrush. You have a few quick fire fun facts for us, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I was doing a bit of research just to see what kind of fun facts can we find for this week. And when you kind of add the numbers up, it's quite interesting as well. So we have 14 grandstands in total, which is very different to the scene in 2012 for the Irish Open. Be 13,000 be able to seat it all together with an amazing 4,000 on the 18th. It's like a horseshoe. So I'd say there's going to be hopefully some exciting drama. Maybe we might even see a, a playoff hole coming back up on the 18th. That'd be insane. So like if people watch the Ryder Cup, the first tee was 6,000 people. I've seen a couple of the images which of, of players playing in the 18th so far this week. And it just looks biblical. It's Absolutely. ginormous. And I mean, if we get some noise like the first at the Ryder Cup, I'm sure we can uh, wind up a few Americans along the way as well. Hopefully Rory's walking down the final group on Sunday. Absolutely. And then if we look some more fun facts, it's going to be over 6,000 permanent and temporary staff throughout the week. Over 1,500 broadcast personnel from all corners of the globe, I'm sure, transcending on a little town in Port Rush, north of Ireland. 150 television cameras, hopefully catching me sinking a beer or two along the way. A thousand international journalists, over 600 million viewers throughout the four days. About 22 miles of fiber optic cabling, it's more than I've ran this year anyway. About 30,000 square feet of tentage exhibitors, nearly two miles of actually new pathways around the course. And that's one of the great things for not only the course, but for the town of Port Rush. Quick I, one on that one. They've actually built tunnels between greens and tees for the players to traverse that area of the course because there's going to be so many people on the course. Excellent. That's actually one of the things I'm most looking forward to about going up to it myself this weekend. It's just understanding how they're going to run the logistics of having you know that many guests and as the Americans say patrons on the golf course and also you know hosting open championships so I'm very interested to see that and you know the impact we'll have in the town I know I'm from right beside Strathon where the Ryder Cup was held and I mean the amazing aftermath 10-20 years afterwards the investment has is unbelievable as well and I think they reckon about 80 million economic benefit for Northern Ireland as well so you know it's excellent to see and as you hit earlier as well I think it's the only Open Championship in history that actually has sold out and I think it's been sold out for six weeks. months plus. I know weeks I got my weeks. tickets 
about a week after the British Open last year, so I've been kind of waiting quite a while for this now. So our top picks and why. So let's give some context about the task at hand. The course is playing 7,344 yards, so more than a drive and a chip. And this week the par is the par 71. Francesco Molinari became the first Italian to win a major at Carnusi last year and is the defending champion. And if an American wins this week, that's their chance to have a clean sweep of the majors for the first time since 1982. Marquee players. Let's discuss them quickly. So I don't bet on marquee players. I'm much more of a low money, high odds type of guy. But you've got three players there, Ryan. There's McElroy, Kepka, and DJ. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts on their chances? So very much when it comes to golf, I'm usually two ways with my bets. Usually place around four bets. Usually two are with the head and two are with the heart in general. And would you believe it's usually the head bets that win. But I, I'm very much a heart-based golfer when it comes to it. Like, I mean, Brooks Kepka, first of all, you know, starting with the world's number one, I think in the last 20 years, I could be wrong, I think Tiger Woods is the only world number one to win the British Open, and he is Tiger Woods after all, so it's a big challenge, but then again, Brooks Kepka in the last three years looks like a different animal even compared to Tiger Woods in the majors. And you've got to look, his caddy is born and bred Port Rush, but he's not hitting the shots, but he'll have all the inside knowledge of more so where not to go. Exactly, and he knows where to hit the lines as well. And then even coming on that, I mean, you have someone like DJ, you know, I saw there on um, Twitter during the week, you know, he's out playing practice rounds with Graham McDowell. Uh, it was quite interesting to see as well, you know, Graham McDowell was even laughing, saying it wouldn't be great to be a player like DJ. You tell him where to hit a line. So for instance, I think they said the yellow box above the, the mound or the jewel, and, DJ just hit it straight over that so you know if he can get the power working you know he could he could make it look like a pitch and put golf course if the wind stays away Rory McIlroy yeah I mean with Rory I mean wouldn't you love to see him win it hometown home fans I think what we've seen with Rory unfortunately and I mean he's one of the best golfers in the world and would beat me every single day but it seems sometimes when the pressure gets to him in recent years does he perform under it not overly wouldn't we love to see it yes obviously one of the biggest aspects of this course you know that they're about to play is the greens you know how amazing the greens are and how they really and truly test good putters and i think this has always been the area where rory has been weakest on in recent times anyway so can he from within 100 yards you know pick up his game to win i mean he holds the course record 61 qualifying for the north of ireland as a 15 year old as a 15 year old you know and i remember watching documentary on it and you know locals were coming from you know the corners, the, the cretchens to come see this 15 year old shoot a 61. So, you know, he knows the course better than most out there. Can he perform under the pressure, under all the lights? You know, it's a fairy tale Hollywood story. He said himself, you know, if he could win here, you know, in his hometown in Port Rush, it would mean the world to him. So, no, I'm really excited to see. And I think it's, I don't think there's going to be a clear winner, but then Brooks Kefka tends to have a different story when it comes to the majors. So, who knows? No, definitely. Like, my heart says Rory. There'll be a whopper of a bet going on, Rory. Whopper of a bet of about 20 quid to win. So hopefully he does it for me. He's returned so of about eight to one. Players one, <laughs> one. Only because the heart of rule on this one. There's a massive, massive uh, task ahead of him because the whole world is expecting him to deliver. We'll go, I suppose, from our lowest odd pick to our highest. Uh, because it's my show, I'll go first. So 21 shot, Xander Schofle. Why? He's very calm, he's a cool operator ranked 11th in the world he's used to the big time he was third at the US Open this year top 20 in the PGA second at the Masters this year as well as tied second in the Open last year so he has form in this and I believe it could be his time this week completely agree fun fact as well I was only looking 
There last year, do you know what odds Anders Sofle was to win the Open last year? Oh, is he like thousand to one? It was one hundred and twenty-five to one. <laughs> so it just shows you what you know what a difference a year can make. I mean, absolutely, he's one of the best swings on tour. So consistent. Have I seen the form of him lately? He hasn't been playing much. You know, and maybe that will come to my picks, and I'm very much going to try and go stat based this time for once and see what it works. So, I mean, I'm definitely probably going to be proved wrong, but I won't be backing him this week anyway. So, who's your first pick? So maybe I'll let you finish out, and then I'll, I'll go based on my picks as well. So you, you go on, you entertain us first. Second pick, Eric Van Ryan, eighty to one. Why? Despite a miscut at the hinge, his ball striking was impeccable that week. You might say, oh, but he made the cut. I watched him on the range for four straight days ball striking king uh, he battled back last week in Scotland to get a top 15 so Lynx does suit him he has a lead going into the final round at the Irish Open last year so he is used to it he just needs to figure out what's going to happen on that fourth and final day he was tied at the PGA he was top 50 in the US Open there the, the matches he's played and never bet against the South African either short game short game is king and the wind does blow down South Africa so I think it will suit him third pick our man Twitter king Eddie Purple 100 to 1 why well, he finished sixth while playing hungover last year. He was second in Lehinch two weeks ago. Solid performance in the, sh- in the turkey shoot that was in Scotland last week. Proving yet again the guy loves links. He's a fierce competitor as well as an absolute scream on Twitter. And there's some great points to be had in that Royal Port Rush bar by all accounts. The Harbour Bar. Yeah, we'll try and keep Eddie out of it until he's <laughs> the Sunday night. He might be filling the Claret Jug with some stuff. Absolutely. Hopefully I'll be sitting there drinking with him if they'll, if they'll let me in or haven't kicked me out by now. <laughs> Your picks right now. Yeah, so absolutely. So this year, so again, as I said, I usually back four for the majors. It's it's kind of a family tradition, you know. My dad and my granda got me into it when I was young. We always picked four golfers. Generally tended to go one low price, kind of two mid range, and then maybe one a bit out there outside. You know, this year, I suppose my big bet is going to be on Brooks Kepka. You know, the fact that is, you know, his caddy is from Northern Ireland, not only from Northern Ireland, from Port Rush. We'll know the lines knows in and out and if there's ever a man to tell the line to hit and he's going to hit it in the majors it's going to got to be brooks you know i think he's the novak djokovic of of the golf game you know myself included you know watching it on sunday the tennis you know watching federer versus djokovic and your heart and everything is just cheering for federer and i mean the same thing if it's if it's tiger versus brooks on sunday i think we'll all be cheering for tiger but no my head has to say brooks kept you know if you look at the last three years in majors alone, you know, no one's dominated anywhere near the same. You know, he he just made them look like child's game. You know, and even listen to a podcast from Brooks himself, you know, with the guys prior to the US Open, you know, he talked about himself going into majors, you know, he already discounts half the field because he says they don't have a chance. The other half are gonna get nervous. Joe you know, and he's got that mindset in his head that he's only really competing against ten or twenty guys out there. And then as he said he believes you know he's better than those 19 other of those 20 guys if you say so you've got to love a man with confidence and he's insanely confident isn't he it's insanely confident but by god does he back it up so you got to back him i think then for me you know this year i'm very much then going to try to go with stats for the rest of my choices so i've been listening to a few podcasts around i've been doing some stats because it worked out quite well for me for Augusta this year so I really broke down the numbers the stats and ultimately we got down to three three golfers that I backed so firstly it was Adam Scott 
Secondly, it was Gary Woodland. I was, I was one major short, and then believe me, you, I didn't back him then when he won, so unfortunate. But then the third man, the stats said would prevail was our main man, Tiger Woods. So I'm going to go again with the same. I'd done it for the US Open and the PGA, and both times he you know, returned well. I thought Patrick Cantley was going to you know, bring the house down for me, but unfortunately, he couldn't keep his round going as well. But, you know, look, it is what it is. So I suppose, you know, when I'm looking at the stats, so one of the first things I looked at, it just went back 20 years to keep it you know, modern. There's some golfers who were there 20 years ago, not too many, but you know, it's that modern era of golf and the way golf courses and equipment has gone. And actually, first of all, the first thing you can discount is only of the last 20 years, no one has won outside the top 55, and only one person has won being number one in the world, which is Tiger Woods. So first of all, you have to think, bringing that into play, then, even if we look back the last 10 years, you know, eight of the winners had a top 10 in the British Open prior to entering the tournament as well. So shows not necessarily course form, but links form coming into a British Open is key, knowing how to flight the ball in the different winds, conditions like Portrush. If the weather is anything like it's been in Ireland the last two or three weeks, we could see all four seasons in one day. So, you know, the guys coming out in the morning or the afternoon, it could be a big difference. How do they play in the winds? I don't know if anyone at home saw the photo or the video of Justin Rose on Instagram playing only a week and a half ago. Like that, those insane conditions can happen in the space of three or four hours. You know, how are golfers going to be able to adapt from that as well? You know, of those as well, eight winners at the top 10 prior to winning, you know, one of the outliers was Jordan Spieth. As well, I got some inside knowledge from one of my friends who, you know, he's assistant pro in Port Marnock and L. Jordan Speed was playing there two days ago and he said he was playing very hot, very solid off the tee, short game, looked sharp, putting was very well, he'd follow him around for an hour, so might be excited to see how he plays as well. Then he's you know forty to one this week. It's madness. I feel like he's gonna be lower going into that, but even on an in an each way deal, like if you're getting forties on Jordan Speed and places like Paddy Power are paying up to twelve places, you know. Other betting shops are available. Other betting shops <laughs> are available, but just if you if you look at they're one of the best ones out there, like you know, it's insane. Like you know, you could be getting eight to one odds on Jordan Speed to finish in the top twelve. Like I mean, you gotta have a wager on that. So then, yeah, I suppose when I looked at the stats again, like if we if we look at those stats with the last twenty years, the top fifty five straight away, you know. It brings us down to 30 from a field of 156 entrants, you know, which is quite quite a low number and an easier target line to go in from. Then if we look at the last seven opens, they've all been in the top 40 world rankings. So again, we can start to drop down nearly to the teens. And as well, if one of the facts that I was looking at, and it's quite interesting this year especially, so many of the top golfers haven't played between the US Open and now. And I know they say, well, they're doing their preparation off the course and form, but when you look back through the years of the British Open, you know, most of them who have won the British Open came in with a bit of form. Like if we look at Molinari last year, for example, or Stenson two or three years ago, it was the same thing. It'll come in with some form between the US Open and now. So that's, for me, you know, I like to back over who are playing quite consistently. Like I know people like Tiger Woods, I'm sure, you know, he can speak for himself, claim he's doing his preparation off the course and he doesn't need to be playing but you know I feel like that competitive golf playing tournaments you know with spectators around it is a different animal to you know playing week to week so that could be interesting as well but 
I suppose when we start to break down these numbers, I'm trying to go for the, the Brooks Kepka way way of, of betting. And as well, and I saw you know Dave Tyndall had on Twitter, you know, he's a great man for stats and he even broke it down to, you know, of the last ten open winners as well. And you know, he talked about how eight of the last ten, you know, won within the last eighteen months and all of a sudden you look at from a field of 156, we've got down to seven golfers, you know, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar, Eddie Pepperell, Kevin Kisner, Ian Poulter, and Lee. And even if we discount some of these as well, because they're not in the top 55, etc., you know, we kind of come down to you know, McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, Matt Kuchar, Eddie Pepperell. You know, it was a real strong quadrant there for me to back. But then this is where the head and versus heart comes in. So, you know, head says Brooks Kepka all day with stats. Then, you know, another thing for me for head, you know, Ricky Fowler, man's overdue a major. You know, surely he's due one now. You know, he's shown from, you know, his days as an amateur, you know, playing in the. Uh, the amateur championship. Can we cut this out? You can, yeah. You know, look, we look at people like, you know, Ricky Fowler, you know, he has to be in there, you know, so close in so many majors, you know, look at his, his track history in the amateur championship and the Walker Cup, you know, his experience of playing those, you know, links courses. Also, you know, Eddie Pepperell, you know, been on great form of lately, striking the ball really well, great form last year hung over. So he's another great bet. So I think for me this year, my, my bets are going to be, so my two, my four bets are going to be, so we have Brooks Kepka, firstly, Head or heart? Head. Grand. Ricky Fowler. That's a heart. Heart. Then my two other bets. I'm actually going to go away then from my stats. I'm going to go Rafa Cabrera Bale because I've been following him for a while and I really fancy him to do well. And then, so then my fourth bet comes down to other stats I've been looking at. So I've been looking at golfers who've been playing quite well recently. Have been been backing myself for a while in a few tournaments and I feel could turn up out of nowhere and randomly get a victory. So maybe a few listeners might have heard of him before, but a Spanish golfer and not John Ram, a guy called Jorge Campillo. He's been playing some excellent golf recently. You know, he's had some, he played quite well, you know, at the Irish Open. He played very well in China. You know, he's shown some great golf for me. And I think he's one of them golfers at 200 to one could be a steal for a place. So for me, they're my four picks this week. I'm going to put in a, a, a quick one here, and it's Adriano Otegi, who is a serious ball striker. Hit it a long, long way. Another Spaniard, serious short game. So there's a couple of long shots and a couple of gifts for the head. I also think as well, when we're speaking Spanish golfers, like John Ram, like the man loves playing in Ireland. You know, he's won twice, won, you know, two weeks ago, which comes in line to, as I said, you know, golfers who are coming into the tournament on form. And by God, when that man is confident, you know, he's up there with Brooks Kepka for believing, you know, he can win. So again, you know, I'd really fancy him to go strong. And I think that's the thing. I think it's a real week of everyone's going to have their picks and their fancies. And ultimately, it's going to come down to, you know, what what the weather has in store, you know, shield aside the fate of the golf course and of the golfers, you know, some of these guys coming in with great form could play Friday morning and we could get an absolute onslaught of rain coming in from the Atlantic for three hours and wipe out half the competition there and then and in the evening guys could come out and it could be nice and calm and a soft golf course so we don't know what, what she has in store for us but you know it's going to be such an exciting weekend like I can't believe I'm getting to go and experience it in real life and one thing I'm really looking forward to is just listening to the noise of Brooks Kepka hitting a golf ball because I've heard it's just different world that's insane well that's a serious one to prep thank you very much for all the work you've put in we'll definitely have you back on the show 
As with everyone who's on the show, Ryan, there's a quick Q&A here for you. So are you ready? Go for it. What would your walk-on song be? Oh man, that's a tough one. I'm going to go basic and say All of the Lights, Kanye West. Jim or pizza? I'd love the answer to be Jim, but at the moment it's pizza. Hat, visor or bucket? Hat, but I would love a bucket hat. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Guinness or Heineken? Not even a question, Guinness. Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Port Marnock, because I haven't played Le Hinch, but I'm hoping after this podcast you might give me the pleasure of uh, 18 holes. Let's see. Walk or cart? I walk all day, but I have to say I do enjoy now the uh, golf cart every now and again. Burn the cart, buddy. <laughs> win the Masters or win the Open? Do you know what? As much as the Open's my favourite competition in the world, it would have to be win the Masters. Would you rather drive it like Dustin Johnson or drive it like Zach Johnson? Dustin Johnson all day, baby. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Play or practice? Play. Thanks for your time today, Ryan, and we'll have you on again soon, hopefully. Thanks, Paddy. Absolute pleasure, and can't wait for this weekend. To close out each show, I want to have a segment for all of you, the listeners, where I post a question on social media, that's at Paddy underscore golf on Instagram and Twitter, and feature them in this part of the show. The question this week was, of course, who do you think is going to walk away with the Claret Jug this week, and why? At Dylan underscore Byrne, that's B-E-I-R-N-E, says Adam Scott. He's the fourth best player worldwide this year and the second best links player worldwide in the last 10 years. I'm assuming, Dylan, that's based on his finishes on all the Irish Open courses. At Keith McCabe 95, reckons it's Justin Rose, purely because it's his time, baby. And at Johnny Ireland, picks Rory McIlroy that he's playing okay at the minute and has he even had a finish outside the top 20. Johnny also comes for Jamie Donaldson, who won the Irish Open in Portrush in 2012 and is having a very decent season to boot this year. Thanks, folks, for getting involved. Thank you all for listening. Hit the show a follow, rate and review it if that's your style. But most of all, please share the show with your family and friends. Thanks for pressing play. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Patty.